Welcome to episode four of a Leader by Example podcast. In this episode, I want to discuss some common debts people have and why they're such a drag on your financial life. Also, we'll talk about how to start thinking about these debts and attacking them. At the end of the show, I'll give you several actionable tips that you can use to start getting rid of your debt and get yourself on the path to financial freedom. Welcome to a Leader by Example podcast with your host, C.D. Johnson. This show is dedicated towards teaching and empowering you to lead your best life. Together, we will ditch the bad habits, covering topics from personal finance to food and fitness. Take charge today. Become a Leader by Example. Welcome, I'm C.D. Johnson, and this is the Leader by Example podcast. Uh, my goal with the show is to educate and motivate hardworking people to make better choices so they can build better habits within their personal lives with finances, fitness, and diet. Uh, this season is all about personal finances and helping people take a step-by-step approach to getting a handle on their finances, getting out of debt, investing, and, and building uh, a larger net worth so that way they can lead their family, do the things they want to do. Uh, and just be comfortable. To start today's episode, I want to give you a personal story about my best friend and uh, some of the things we talked about last time I was able to catch up with him. He's got a young family. He's married. We're very similar situations. But he ultimately, he went to school to become a chiropractor. And with that, there's a lot of schooling involved. You get your undergrad degree. You have to go on to get your master's degree, go to chiropractor school, get specific trainings take certain tests to be licensed and registered. That's quite expensive. And so now he's found himself with $250,000 in student loan debt. And again, he's he's starting a young family, been married for a few years, has young kids, and he's got this weight over his head. He's got this this debt that's going to drag on him for years. That's going to be a constant burden over his head over his business, over his family. It's something that he's got to pay off and work toward. It's just always going to be there. It's such a large amount. And it's not uncommon for young families to start their family and have a ton of debt. If this is you, it might not be $25,000. It might be, hopefully, it's much less, if nothing. If you don't have a plan, you're, you're going to be stuck with it for quite a while. So before we get into like how to get out from under this debt, let's make sure that we understand the different common types of debt that many people are facing, that you might be facing. The first one, like uh, my best friend has, is student loan debt. Uh, this is really common. Many, many families have student loan debt that they're paying on. Uh, many young people are currently taking out student loans. And let's just make sure that we understand uh, to make sure you're making a good choice. Most people assume that you have to take out student loans to go to college. You have to go to college, and to do so, you have to take out student loans. This is not true. You can choose different things. You can choose a different school, choose a cheaper option. You can pay for college as you go. You don't have to take out student loans. If you do, these should be an investment. 
And what I mean is that you should make more money after you get your degree than before. There are many jobs that you can make great money without a college degree. If you've got a certain field that you want to go into and it requires a degree, make sure that by getting your degree that you will make more money. If you're not going to make more money after the degree, then the degree is not a good investment. You're essentially just wasting money to learn these things. You can learn a lot of stuff online. You can learn just about anything you want without a college degree. A lot of these student loans, they generally range from 6 to 8% interest. For myself, I had a lot of smaller loans for each semester I was in college, and most of those, like I said, ranged from between 5 and 7% for mine. With student loans, there are often a lot of payment plans that you can get on. They defer them or income-based repayment plans. And we'll talk a little bit more about those when we talk about how you should think about these debts. Another common loan that people have are car loans. And car loans are, are terrible. They're almost always result in you losing money. These are not an investment. In no way are you going to make money or make more money by taking out a car loan. For example, if you agree to buy a car that's worth $10,000 and you take out a loan for $10,000, over time, that car is going to become worth much less and you'll end up paying much more than $10,000. So you get something that's worth less than what you paid for it, but you have to pay more than what it was worth anyway. It just doesn't make sense to take out car loans. It's, it's a losing scenario. A lot of times these, these loans can be all over the place. Uh, you can get rates anywhere from 3 to 10%, depending on how quickly you can pay back the loan, your financial situation. These rates can really be be quite low or quite high. Uh, a lot of times it just depends on what you're able to afford to pay, and then they'll structure a loan around that because ultimately they want to get your money. The car dealerships, the loan offices, they're the ones that are making the money on these deals. You're just the one that's losing money. Another common one that young people have when they're starting a family or they're thinking about getting are mortgage loans. And these are about the only one that I would consider good debt. The reason is this is something that is often an investment. As you take out this loan and as you pay back the mortgage, you're building up what's called equity and that's adding to your net worth. Houses tend to appreciate in value over time. And by continually paying off this mortgage, you are becoming worth more and more. So eventually down the line, if you do sell your home, you will end up making money compared to what you paid for it. So this is one of the loans that you are adding to your self-worth or your financial worth, your net worth, where student loans, credit cards, and car loans are, are not adding to your self-worth. So this is the one where it can be considered good debt where the others are considered bad debt. Uh, the very last one is credit cards. And this is one that I haven't had much experience with. Thankfully, I've never been interested in getting a credit card or having one for in case of emergencies. And most people that do have credit card debt fall in one of two categories. First, they had a major emergency that they weren't prepared for financially. They put it on the credit card and now... The interest rates have kicked in and they're, they're really struggling to pay this back. The second type of people that ha often have credit card debt just can't control their spending. They put it on the credit card. They missed a few payments 
And now, the, again, the interest rates are kicking in and they're struggling to keep that paid off. It's kind of gotten out of control. It's gotten away from them. Either way, once that interest on credit cards starts to kick in, it's really hard to keep up with the payments. And the balance tends to get higher and higher and higher until you've, you're left with this insurmountable debt. Often the interest rates on credit cards are terrible. They're really quite bad. It's 15, 20% on any missed payments or late payments. And this is why so many people that do have credit card debt really struggle to, to get out of credit card debt because the interest has kicked in. So for the rest of the show, when I'm talking about attacking our debts and changing our mindset, I'm mostly focused on the first three, or sorry, uh, the three bad debts. That's credit cards, student loans, car payments, and any other sort of personal loans you might have. I'm not so much worried about mortgages and mortgage payments that you have. I plan to, on a future episode, kind of discuss the pros and cons of paying off your mortgage early versus investing any extra money you have. I'll also plan to delve into that a little bit on the blog at aleaderbyexample.com. So if that's something you're interested in, just keep an eye out. That content is coming. Before we delve further into today's episode, I'd like to ask a quick favor. With this podcast, I'm really looking to help people get out of a rut and make positive, impactful changes to their lives. I can't do that if no one finds my podcast or blog. If you like what you hear in today's episode, share it with at least one other person. It really helped me and the show to grow so I can reach a broader audience. Thank you. All right, so now I want to delve into why getting out of these debts is so important and what you can do. Uh, Before we really get into that, I want to swing back to kind of my best friend. He's got 250000 in debt. And what what's his plan for, for getting out of debt? He realized that this is such a large amount, and so he's looking for ways, and it's, it's quite difficult. The amount of money that a chiropractor makes versus the amount of student loan debt that many of them have is often not a good balance or not a good ratio. As compared to doctors, they'll take out a similar amount of student loans, but they'll often make much, much more than a chiropractor would. So he's he's been thinking about how is he going to get out of this $250,000 student loan debt. And he found a, a loan forgiveness program. And there are many, many student loan forgiveness programs out there. His, it'll take 25 years. So he needs to work in a specific area or a specific field for 25 years. And then he's going to be able to apply for student loan forgiveness. Over that time, he'll make minimum payments, and if he's qualified, if he gets approved, his student loan debt will be wiped clean. I've thought about this for myself when I was first uh, out of college and I got my job. Teaching offers similar loan forgiveness programs. Often, they, for mine, it required me to work in a low-income or a needy school for five years. If I worked there for five years, I could get my student loans forgiven. It's quite tempting to to want to go for these plans because you can get a large chunk of your loans just wiped away, forgiven, and you just make minimum payments for the time being. And it's very attractive. The problem is you're agreeing to be under this loan for that time. For me, it would have been five years. I'm agreeing to just kind of keep this burden over me for the next five years. 
while I'm making these minimum payments. For my best friend, he's looking at 25 years. For 25 years, he's going to have this loan hanging over his head. He's going to have to make payments on it for the next 25 years if he plans to go ahead with this loan forgiveness program. And that's a long time to be paying in. The second thing is the approval rate for these forgiveness programs is often abysmal. It's really, really low. There have been countless stories of teachers who have applied for these loans. They get denied. I think I read one study that showed that the approval rate was less than like 3 or 4% for people that applied with these loans. They find reasons to deny you. For example, if you've reconsolidated your loans, they can deny you. If you've been on different payment plans, they can deny you. There's a lot of ways that this could go wrong. And if you find yourself waiting and, and kind of banking on this forgiveness being there, you can end up five years down the road and then still be in the same position you're at right now. You won't have made any progress on the loan. You'll still have the loan and still be expected to pay that back. For my best friend, this could be even worse. If he takes 25 years off from attacking this loan, banking on this forgiveness plan, that's a big risk to take, and that's a long time to be under this burden of this of this loan. Also, what if in 25 years this forgiveness program is no longer there? I mean, there's often a lot of changes with with politics and everything that goes on there. There's often a lot of changes that can happen, and it can happen relatively quickly. 25 years is a long time to be kind of expecting a $250,000 loan to just disappear. So, Jim, if you're listening, I strongly encourage you to get after this debt, change your mindset about it, so that way you and your family can have a great financial future. Anyone else listening, if you're in a similar boat, if you're kind of banking on these, or you've got debts that you don't really have a plan for, let's get after it. Let's, let's pay these off, so that way you can have the best future for you and your family. So the first step, with any of these loans, whether it's student loans, credit cards, car loans, is that we need to change our mindset surrounding these loans. Just because you can afford a payment doesn't mean that it's a good choice or that you're making the right choice or really that you can even afford it. Often these car salesmen or credit card companies or student loan, they'll help you pay what you can every month but it's not necessarily a good financial decision. So if these payments are taking majority of your monthly income and you're barely squeaking by, that's not a good thing. That's, that's greatly reducing your ability to save money, to invest money, to grow financially, uh, to provide for your family. If these payments are, are eating up all of your monthly wealth, that's not a good thing. Every dollar that you spend on interest in payment to somebody else is a dollar that you could have spent on yourself. So by taking out these loans and making payments just because you can afford to make the payments, you're really, really hurting your ability to save for the future and to, to invest for the future. The second thing you need to do after you kind of change your mindset when you're thinking about these debts is to create a plan to get out of debt. Making minimum payments is not a plan. 
Uh, I'll get more specifics at the end of the show on uh, a plan that's worked for me and a, a really common uh, strategy to get out of debt. Uh, so stay tuned to the end of the show. But create a plan. Create some plan that you will get out of debt. A side note, don't trust the institution who's giving you this loan to set your minimum payments at a level that will get you out of debt. Many of these institutions won't do that. They they don't necessarily give you a target uh, payoff date. And sometimes this is, can really screw you over. For example, student loan payments. There's a lot of options. Uh, there's deferral plans. There's income-based payment plans. There's a lot of different options. And depending on the option you take, you might still be racking up interest. If you defer payments, you might still be accumulating interest even though you're not expected to make any payments. If you're on a income-based repayment plan, sometimes those repayments or those minimum payments don't even cover the interest. So if you've ever heard stories of people who have taken out $40,000 in student loans and they've been paying them for 10 years, they paid off $20,000, but their balance still shows $40,000 or $45,000, that's probably because they were on an income-based repayment plan and they haven't actually touched the principal. They haven't made enough payments to cover the interest. So each month, the interest is added. They don't pay all of that off, so the balance continues to grow and grow and grow, even though they've been making payments. Credit cards can do this where you just pay for the interest only. And so essentially every month, you're just giving them free money. You're giving them the interest. Your balance stays the same. And you'll never get out of debt. You'll just continually pay the credit card companies for having this balance. When you're making payments, uh, when you're making minimum payments, just make sure that you're making high enough payments that some of that goes towards the principal. Make sure that every time you make a payment that the balance of your loan is decreasing at least a little bit. When you initially start paying on a loan, most of your payments will be interest. Uh, but a small portion of that should go towards the principal. The longer you pay on that loan, the more and more percentage of your payment that's going to go towards the principal. Kind of the last step after changing your mindset and getting a plan is to make sure that you don't go into debt again. Adopt a mindset that you're not going to use your credit cards, that you're not going to take out car loans, that if you do need to take more classes or more courses, that you're going to find a way to cash flow that or find a way that you can afford to pay for those classes uh, rather than going into debt. The last thing you want to do as you're getting out of debt is to start accumulating more debt. So you need to set that barrier in your mind that you are not going to go into debt again with the exception of possibly a mortgage. So to sum up, changing your mindset, stop thinking about what you can afford each month Uh, Instead, start thinking big picture. How does this affect my net worth? How does this affect my future financially? How much am I really paying for this over the course of this loan lifetime or this debt's lifetime? Next, get on a plan. Decide you're going to attack this debt and get out of debt. And then lastly, just don't let yourself slip into debts again. All right, so we made it to the last segment of the show, and I want to give you actionable tips on how you can get out of debt. We're kind of been in a broad picture of the mindset that you need to take about getting out of debt, 
But now what can you actually do to get that debt down to zero and start building? Just like with our budget, we talked about that a few episodes ago, you have to know what debts you have. So create a list of all the debts you have, everything from overdue bills to money you borrowed from friends or family, credit cards, car payments, student loans, two trains of thought on how you should get out of debt. One is a mathematical approach and the best way mathematically to get out of debt, and the other is more of an emotional or psychological approach. Uh, So I'll explain each of those and then give you my tip for which one you should follow, uh, as well as some smaller items to help you speed up this process. First, the mathematical approach. To take the mathematical approach to debt, it means you're going to ultimately end up paying off a lesser amount of money than if you take the emotional or psychological approach. To do this, you want to take your debts and put them in order according to interest rates of those debts. Put the highest interest rates first and the lowest interest rates uh, last. The reason that you would do this is that by paying off the highest interest rates first, you ultimately pay less in interest over time. Uh, If you can get out from underneath a 15% interest rate on a credit card, uh, now you don't have that interest rate working against you. Mathematically, this is the approach that will save you the most money. The longer that it's going to take you to pay off the debts, the more of a difference this will have because, again, those interest interest rates are compounded monthly or yearly. So if it's going to take you five or ten years to get out of debt, the mathematical approach could save you a lot more money than if you took the, the next approach I'll explain in just a little bit. This approach is really, really good for people who are highly logical and you're super disciplined. If you're both of those things, then this debt process might work for you. I'm both of those things. I'm I'm a very highly logical person. I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to a lot of things. And this isn't the route that I took. The reason being is if you find yourself in debt, there's a good chance that you might not be as disciplined as you think you are. And I don't mean this to be a criticism It's easy to be disciplined in some areas and not disciplined in others. It's easy to be disciplined on a diet, but spend frivolously. Or it's easy to be disciplined on a budget, but then eat crap, right? While you might be disciplined in some areas of your life, if you find yourself in debt, take a reflective look and see, this might not be the best plan for you. And the reason that I didn't choose this was that getting out of debt is often a highly emotional process. There are times where you're going to feel very motivated to do this. There are times where you're going to feel very defeated and like you're never getting anywhere. By taking the next approach, you can really kind of hack your psychology and your emotions to help keep you on track to get out of debt and never get back in it. So the next approach is more emotional, more psychological. It's it's really quite common, partly uh, due to it's Dave Ramsey's plan, uh, and he calls it the debt snowball. And so instead of focusing on your interest rates, focus on the amount of money that you have to pay back for each loan and list your loans from smallest to largest. Again, so the smallest loan you have to the largest loan you have. Don't worry about the interest rates. For this process, they don't really matter. And what you're going to do is you're going to make minimum payments on everything. Uh, You would do the same thing in the mathematical approach. You'd make minimum payments on everything and throw any extra money at the biggest loan. In the debt snowball, you make minimum payments on everything and you throw any extra money you can at the smallest loan. 
As you go on, eventually you will pay off that loan. So then you take what you were paying on that and you pay off your second highest loan. And the amount that you're paying off on each loan will continue to increase and increase and increase. Hence the name of debt snowball. It kind of starts to snowball. And before you know it, you're making quite large payments on some of your more expensive loans. So the reason that this works is that it's emotional. Once you pay off that first small loan, maybe it's a few hundred dollars on a credit card or you borrowed some money from a friend, it feels good to not have that burden hang over your head anymore. And that feeling will motivate you to continue going. If you were to tackle one of your largest debts first and you've paid off maybe a few thousand dollars, but it's not really making a dent in that loan, that's really discouraging. It's really hard to stay motivated to living on a tight budget, to working extra jobs. It's hard to stay motivated to keep working towards paying that off if you're not seeing any progress. By structuring it this way, you get to see progress not instantly, but relatively quickly, you pay off one loan. Boom. That feels great. It motivates you to st- keep working on that second loan. You make a little bit more money. Boom. Second loan's paid off. You get jacked up and you're, you're ready to keep working to pay off that next loan, that next loan. You can pull from that when you start working on these much larger loans. You know that you can do it because you've paid off some loans already. The psychological approach, the emotional approach kind of hacks these emotions so you stay motivated. I want to finish off with giving you some specific tips to getting these loans out. Whether you choose the mathematical approach or the emotional approach, uh, these tips will help you get out of debt a little bit faster. First one, make sure that you're paying more than your minimum payments. Like I mentioned, your minimum payments don't always affect the principal. So just make sure that your payments are actually bringing your balance lower. If it's just paying the interest or if it's not covering the interest, your debt is going to continue to grow over time and you're you're not going to be making any progress. Next tip, if you can, start making double payments. Kind of ties in with the last tip that you want to start attacking that principle. The first payment you make will go a lot towards interest where the second payment or the double payment you make that will be 100% principal. You want to make sure that when you're doing this, that the loan issuer isn't counting that as a future payment where it's going to keep counting towards interest, but rather as a principal payment. So just make sure that when you start doing this, you check with them and you clarify with them that any additional payments are to be put towards the principal, not credited as future payments. It'll make your balance go down quite significantly. Next tip, we mentioned this in previous episode, is you've got to be on a budget. Make sure that you've got a budget. Make sure you know where your money's going. If you don't know where your money's going, you're not going to be able to pay off these bills, to pay off these debts. So you've got to get on a budget. You've got to know how much your expenses are. You've got to find places that you can cut from your budget. The more that you can live a bare-bones budget, where you're just paying for your bills and groceries, no no extra stuff, the faster you can get out of debt. Find places that you can cut and get after those debts. Once you get out of debts, you can kind of inflate some categories in your budget a little bit. You can take a breather, put some more money into the entertainment fund. But until then, find places you can cut, lead a strict budget, and you'll get out of debt much, much faster. A couple other ways you can also get out of debt faster is to increase your pay. 
can pick up another side job, start making more money. Any additional money that comes from that, that extra job or that part-time job, that goes straight towards the debts. If you didn't have the job before, you obviously didn't need that job to pay your bills and pay for groceries, so put all that money towards your debts. It'll really kind of speed up this whole process if you're putting that extra money there. If you work an hourly job, see if you can pick up some more hours than usual. Again, these are extra hours, so that extra money is something that you didn't need, and it can go straight towards your debts. If you can get overtime, again, this is a great way that many people can get extra cash every week or every month. Put that overtime money towards your debts. If you get any yearly bonuses towards your debts. So essentially, start thinking about any of this extra money. is not It's not extra money that we can work with in our budget. It's extra money that cuts out those debts, especially if you get yearly bonuses. This is one way that you can really just take huge bites out of your debt and potentially pay off multiple debts at once. Keep that in mind. If you find yourself getting any influx of cash for whatever reason, inheritance, bonus, etc., put that towards your debts and pay off a large chunk of debts just like that. Last one is potentially think about selling some things. Myself included, I have a ton of stuff I don't need. I've got too many clothes. I've got some shoes. I could probably do without a TV. Find things around your house or around your yard that you can sell. It might not be much, but any additional money that you can make selling stuff that you didn't really need is going to help kind of speed up this process and get you that first initial win in your debt snowball. This includes your cars. I mentioned cars a lot. I'm not a fan of car loans at all. If you've got a large chunk of your debt tied up in car loans, the right choice, the difficult choice, is probably to sell the car. You might be upside down on the car loan, which means that you owe more money on the loan than what it's worth which further illustrates my point that these are a bad deal. You've just lost money because you took out a loan. The car you have is no longer worth how much you have to pay for it. But again, I'm not criticizing. It's it's common. People fall for this all the time. The salesmen are great at their job. They're going to get you into a car loan. So now's your time to get out of that. Save up for a, a cheaper used car. They're out there. Many people have the mindset that they need a new car. It's more reliable. Used cars are just as reliable as new cars. Yes, there are some lemons out there. There are some crappy cars that are going to break down. But if you search, you can find good quality cars that are reliable at a much more affordable price. If you do find yourself in a car loan and you're upside down, my advice is likely to sell the car. You'll have to eat the loss. But the payments on the difference are going to be a lot lower than your payments on the car. What that's going to do is that's going to free up a lot of money to put towards other loans. I was recently talking to somebody I met on Facebook in a financial independence group. She had detailed out her loans, and two of the major ones were auto loans, and she was upside down on each of them. And so just by running through the numbers, by selling, I think one was $15,000, another one was $25,000. Just by selling those two cars, she's now freed up $40,000 of debt because she no longer has these auto loans. She has a couple thousand dollar loans that she'll have to take out to cover the difference of whatever she's upside down on. But those minimum payments are going to be a lot less than her monthly car payments. Yes, before doing so, she will have to save up. 
to buy herself another car or another two cars. So she will have to wait a little bit to, to get that money saved up. But over the long term, this is going to speed up her process of getting out of debt tremendously. She eliminates the debt right away and she increases her monthly amount that she can put towards other debts. I know it's a difficult decision. I know it's a difficult choice to sell a car. Maybe you're really attached to the car. You really like the car. But it, it can often really speed up this process. If you find yourself in debt, often you can be feeling a, a wealth of emotions. It's constant anxiety, constant pressure, constant drain on your budget. And it doesn't have to be. Just by changing your mindset and creating a plan, you can get out of debt and it can give you some hope. It gives you something to work for. Rather than just working and working and working and paying and paying and paying, now you've got something that you're working towards, that you're working for. We've got a goal. We've got an end in sight. As you make progress, your needle, your net worth needle, is going to be moving in the right direction. As you pay off loans, you have less debt. You're worth more and more. I want you and your family to have the best life possible. I want you to be financially stable. And it's really hard to do with debt. You've got the tools. You've got the know-how. Get out of debt. It's the first step. It's a key step. And, and being financially free, financially independent. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. There should be some links below in the show notes of where you can subscribe. And also, I've created a Facebook group. This is for people, uh, listeners of the show, readers on the blog, to come together and to kind of interact with other people that are in similar situations as, as you are. So this would be a great place where you can come, you can find support, you can ask questions of other people, uh, and you can interact with me and others who are, are living this life and working on the same things that you're working on. There's a link down in the show notes below, or you can search for us on Facebook. It's a Leader by Example Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. We'd love to have, help you on your journey. Next week, we're going to discuss one of the most important tools, one of the strongest tools that's going to help you generate wealth uh, once you get out of debt. And that is the magic of compounding interest. So thanks again. Thank you.